In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was a long gospel reading. I read the whole thing intentionally because uh, St. John, this is from the Gospel of John, St. John spends an entire chapter on this one story. The whole of chapter 9 of the Gospel of John is on this one story about the man born blind, Jesus giving him his sight, and then uh, this kind of conflict that happens between the man who is healed and the Pharisees. And I think John spends such a long time on this one story because he's, he's putting a lot of things together. The whole story puts a lot of things together. The themes of blindness and sight, light and darkness, the world and the church. These are common themes in the Gospel of John. John does this thing where he contrasts uh, opposites. Light and darkness, sight and blindness, and so on. He does that because at the end of the day, for at least John and the theology, theology of John, you will end up on one side. You will either end up on the side of sight and light, or you will end up on the side of blindness and darkness. But there are some prerequisites for each. We kind of know what direction we're going in uh, by the disposition of our hearts. And that's what John is often referring to. So for example, in another part of the Gospel of John, uh, with the theme of sight and blindness, Jesus and the Pharisees are kind of having this conflict, as they often do. And Jesus says, I've come to give sight to the blind. And the Pharisees say, oh, are we also blind? Are you saying that we're blind and that you, you have to give us sight, Jesus? And Jesus says, because you say that we see, therefore you are blind. And the idea is that they're stuck in their sin. Because of the disposition of the heart. It all begins with the disposition of the heart. Where is our heart in interpreting reality, God, and ourselves? In the case of the Pharisees, they're these elitist group, religious leaders, and teachers of the law that think they know it all. They're the experts. They're the elitists. They're the ones that everybody must turn to. They're the ones that know it all. Who's going to teach them? And even it's reflected again in this gospel reading where uh, they say to the man born blind, oh, would you teach us? Who do you think you are? You know. The Pharisees are the elitists and the experts, and they think they know it all. Therefore, they cannot be taught. But one who cannot be taught that's a disposition of the heart. If we begin with that premise that I already know better than you do. I'm better than you are. I know and therefore you're not going to be able to teach me. If we're like that, then we are blind from the get-go and we know what direction we're walking in. We're walking in darkness. We can't accept the light of Christ because the light of Christ comes in and disturbs what's going on inside. And if we're not going to be if we're not going to free ourselves to be uh, allowed to be disturbed by God, then nothing is going to change. We're not going to be transformed and we're going to be stuck where we're at for our entire lives, unable to grow in the life of God and therefore cast aside at the end of it. Blindness begins with the disposition of the heart. We are blind because we choose to be blind, because we choose not to change, because we choose that our preferences are uh, are the best ones. We choose that our 
vision is the most correct one. We choose to be blind because our worldview is the most accurate worldview and no one can change me from that. In the Gospel reading today, we have a different kind of example. We have a man that's born blind. Now, the first thing I want to say about this is this is not... I'm going to give a spiritual reading of this text because I think John wants us to read it in a spiritual way, but it's obviously also a historical thing. Jesus, there was actually Jesus who met a man born blind, who actually, Jesus actually spit on the ground, made clay of his spit and, uh, and the dirt, made clay out of it, put it into the man's eye, performed the miracle, gave him his sight. All that happened historically 2,000 years ago. But John is always a really good theologian. John is a really good spiritual man, and we can learn from him. We should learn his method and apply it in our own lives, the way we, we interact with the world around us. I think this is the way God wants us to look at things. John sees this historical event, this real thing that happened on earth, and he sees in it a spiritual rea reality that it points to that is beyond it. First and foremost, it's baptism. This is a baptismal text. Because baptism, before we're baptized, we are blind. We are uh, living the life of Adam in sin, in our original sins, and any personal sins are for adults. We are blind to sin. We are blind to the reality that we're living in. We are blind because of our fallen nature. And all that is lifted up from us when we are baptized. When the Holy Spirit comes into our souls, the Holy Spirit also opens our eyes. This is, the, this is the reason why in the early church, baptism was also called the enlightenment. Our eyes are opened. We now can see clearly uh, because the life of God has been given to our souls in baptism. That's what this text is referring to on one level. John is saying what, what Jesus did for this man born blind, Jesus does for all of us born in sin as well. But it goes beyond that as well. It goes a little bit further. Blindness begins with the disposition of the heart. If we are uh, a controlling type of personality, if we are an arrogant type of personality, one that is, in a sense, stuck, immovable, not malleable, inflexible, we're selling ourselves short and we are ensuring that we'll never grow an inch in our entire lives. But why would we do that to ourselves? Because change is hard. Because to transform is hard. Because to say, I was wrong about this thing, is a hard thing to do. It's a hard pill to swallow. To say that I need to change is difficult because there has to be an admittance of some failure so that I can change it to some success. There has to be some admission of fault so that I can change that into some good. There has to be some admittance of sin and vice so that I can change into a virtuous person. If there is a need for change, that means that there's a need for change from something bad, hopefully, to something good, hopefully. We don't usually uh, want to change from something good to something bad. We want to change from something bad to something good. But if we say that I need to change, it means that I need to change something bad. That in itself is a hard pill to swallow. Therefore, because blindness begins with the disposition of the heart, 
If I have such a heart, if you have such a heart, that we can say, I need to change daily. Daily, I am blind. Daily, I need to receive my sight. That's a good disposition to be in. That's what's going to make us like this guy. But what else will keep us from desiring that change? Fear. Fear of the admittance that we are somehow faulty, somehow uh, fallen, somehow wrong, somehow blind. The fear to admit that I am not perfect, I am very imperfect, that I am a sinful person, that I am a fallen person, and that I need the help of another, God. So often we don't get there because of fear, because of what it means to be able to say to myself and, and understand and admit the fact that I'm not perfect. That's such a hard thing to do on a psychological and an emotional and, a, and an existential level that so often fear itself, fear itself keeps us from changing at all. Fear itself keeps us from growing at all. And in fact, I think it's one of the devil's greatest tools is using fear against humanity. But all of this comes together in this gospel reading. And I think that's why, one, why John um, spent so much time on it. This is a guy born blind. Seemingly, he accepts reality for what it is. He doesn't pretend something else. He's not wagging his finger up at the heavens and blaming God for being born blind. He doesn't seem, there's no indication that he's the, this kind of uh, victimizing personality. He victimizes himself, feels sorry for himself because he's born blind. And therefore, he's kind of fighting against reality, not accepting the fact that this is his, uh, uh, this is, these are the cards that he was dealt with in life. He's not upset about these things. It doesn't seem like it. He accepts reality for what it is. This is from God, fine. That's a good disposition. To be able to accept reality and not fight against it, either through our anger or our anxiety or our uh, fear or our, our bitterness or something like that. To be able to accept reality for what it is and just say, this is what it is, this is what God wants and thank God for that. And I'll accept it as coming from God because I know that God knows better than I do. To be able to do that is already disposing us to the great graces that God wants to give to us. It's already disposing us to the great gifts that Christ wants to give to us. Maybe the great miracles that God wants to perform in our lives. Maybe accepting things the way seemingly this man has accepted it, where Jesus says, no, it's not that this guy was born blind, or that this guy sinned, or that his parents sinned, and that's why he was born blind. But it's so that the mighty works of God might be made manifest in him. God has allowed this to happen to him for a reason, and it's so that God can manifest his power through him. If we take things like that, then the disposition of our heart will definitely lead to light and to sight. That's exactly what happens with this guy. And that's why kind of towards the end of the gospel reading, you see that even the great terror of fear is, is defeated and conquered by him. The Pharisees come to him and they say, they interrogate him, who did this to you? How did he do it? What did he do to you? They don't believe him. They go to his parents. His parents say, oh, just ask him because they're afraid. Fear has conquered them, his parents. Just ask him, he's of age. They didn't want to be thrown out of the synagogue. So they go up to him again and they say, oh, what did he do? Tell us what he did. And he begins even to mock them, the Pharisees. Why, do you want to be his disciples also? 
He healed me. He gave me my sight. And they get into this kind of theological debate. And he confesses Jesus. He says, no, Jesus did this. I don't care how much you hate him or what you think or what you're going to do to me. Jesus did this and I'm not going to deny it. He stood up to them because he was fearless because he had, he started with the right disposition of the heart, accepting the will of God in his life as it is, being born blind and being raised blind until God came to him and healed him. And then by the, by the very end of it, there's a beautiful line that I want to read again, where Jesus uh, heard that they cast him out and he saw him and he said, do you believe in the son of man? And he said, who is the son of man that I may believe in him? And Jesus said, you have seen him. That's beautiful. Jesus gave him sight so that he can see the Son of Man and therefore believe in him. Brothers and sisters, with the right disposition of the heart, which is to accept reality and the will of God as it is given to us, not fighting against it, not growing bitter, bitter and angry against it, but to accept it joyfully and humbly, we free ourselves and we free God to allow him to work the many mighty works in our lives so that we can see him clearly and that we can truly believe in him then. Amen.